Metal Cough. Hey, babe. Recording this podcast on a, a Thursday midday, streaming on YouTube as well. Good to be back at it, Middle Cough. Good to be back at it. 40 days. Good to be, good to be alive, guy. Good to be alive. Brooksy, where we are, mm. I mean, the, a week away as we record this from the U.S. Open beginning, and God only knows what that scene is going to be like. Well, we know the scene's going to be on the DraftKings game. We're going to go big. 200 people. Download the DraftKings app if you haven't. We're going to go 200 people, 20 bucks a pop. we got to fill that bad boy. Mm-hmm. I want serious action. I want serious action. Serious so action, we, meaning you got to fill it. take all like $3,500. Ooh, that seems a little insane. That's crazy. You got to give it a little incentive. Maybe top five only. We could we could play with it. Yeah, we could play with it. We can discuss. We're open to this. We haven't. The game will go up, I guess, Monday morning. Uh, that's when uh, DraftKings will will happen next week for the U.S. Open. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great week. I mean, I feel like we're getting majors just non. It feels like there's like mm. eight majors in the last calendar twelve months. Thank uh, God for life. Uh, we're feeling good. We're feeling good. It's good to be here. If you're on the YouTube, we appreciate you. Check out the podcast in the description. If you're on the podcast, we appreciate you. Check out the YouTube channel, and for all of you, share it with your friends. Uh, that's a big deal. It really helps. We appreciate. it. Also, uh, Mailbag will we'll be live streaming Friday if you want to watch it. We put it out on Saturday morning. Fire into the Apple iTunes review section. Leave a little note there with a question and get your question answered on the Mailbag. It's very, very easy. And people are like, how do I do it? I do Stitcher, I do Spotify. You don't. So it's, it's our Apple iTunes. Now, luckily for us, we own this thing. We have the analytics I think almost 90% of our listens come from the Apple iTunes, <laughs> the uh, segment of the population, right? Yeah. You know, one thing I was thinking, because they you did, point, they you did, just, did, you up to, did you update your phone? They, they updated their podcast deal. It actually, it's not bad. I did not, uh, well, you know, your boy still working on the iPhone 8. I've been holding out. The iPhone 14, I think, is coming in like September, October. This is gonna, this is my time. So I did not. I stopped updating the phone because you know, at some point they, they try to bog the thing down. But I did see the new iTunes, so maybe I did update without knowing. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's nothing too crazy, but it's, it's easy. I appreciate the update. Very um, user friendly. Uh, you mentioned them. Oh, what I was going to say is we got the Facebook page now, too. The Haberman and Middlecoff Facebook page. Oh, yeah. It's been reignited. There's chats in there from like 2017 that I, I was going through some of them the other day. Um, but I guess, you know, one thing we could do if we wanted in the future is take a mailbag or two question from Facebook. We're not doing that for tomorrow's mailbag, but just think it out loud here, John. We could incentivize. It's all about incentivizing you to help us. So someone listening is like, damn, you guys are progressive on YouTube and Facebook. Really ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hey, we're here now, so that's all you can we, do. We have, we have had the Facebook page for like four years. We just haven't really. I think once we started doing this podcast ourselves, maybe it was even before that, maybe when we got out of radio, because it's four or five years old, right? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, we uh, probably weren't as focused on that as we should have been, because last time I checked, there's a lot of people on Facebook, and uh, Zuckerberg's pretty rich for a reason. Be where your feet are, John. You know, you can only yeah. you can only uh, you can only do you what can't you can live do. in the past. Can't, can't live, live in the past. past. Can't live in the past. Although next week at Tory Pines, I did get while we were golfing on uh, Wednesday, a text from a buddy and a longtime listener, Mike Cullen. Mike lives down in Carlsbad. He said he's going to go to the U.S. Open and shout promo code ham around the featured groups. He's going to have to be forceful because there's going to be a lot of hey, Brooksy 
being yelled. A lot of hey, Brooksies, a lot of mashed potato. There's going to be a lot of... They have a limited amount, I heard, of tickets going out. So it's the crowd is not going to be Kiowa-level crowd. Well, well, he's in. He's going on Thursday, and he's a doer, John. This is a guy that... This is an accomplisher. This is a doer. This is a man that doesn't take no for an answer. Right? We're talking... This is a Marine helicopter pilot. There's Fuck no yeah, bullshit America. here. We appreciate you. My, my brother's playing Tory Pines in August. Three hundred, I think $310. Okay. Yeah. You just got to do what you got to do. You know, like it, to me, elite level. Listen, I got, I got no problem with a, I got no problem with a course up in the rates after a big tournament. Like that's, you're crazy if you don't. What is it normally? Probably a hundred dollars less, I would guess, in okay. the twos. Like to me, if you, if the major was just played there and it's less than four hundred dollars, I go, all right, like that's, yeah. If you told me it was four fifty, I understand. If you're under four hundred, fine, whatever. I'm, you know, but cool. I yeah. mean, your brother Jeff's gonna go shoot seventy eight, so. Well, the rough's long. It's hard. Keep it in the fairway. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Keep it in the fairway. Uh, all right, anything else we need to address before we dive into today's show? I think we're ready to rock and roll, baby. All right, so before we get into a few topics, John, let's tell the people that this podcast, so much of what we do, great partners. We appreciate our friends at wineaccess.com slash ham. We are nothing without our partners. And we are that's nothing right. without our partners that provide wine, alcohol, wineaccess.com if you're watching on YouTube right now, guy is opening his package of Pinot Noir. And listen, here's what WineAccess.com slash ham does, guy. Here's what WineAccess.com slash ham does. You tell does. him. You go to WineAccess.com slash ham. You get 20% off of anything you order. You can order $20 bottles of wine. You can order $150 bottles of wine. And you can send them to people. And you can send them to family. You can send them to friends. You can send them, hell, just send them to your wife or girlfriend. All of a sudden... You just get wine delivered to your house, and your wife or girlfriend's like, what's that, honey? You're like, that's just wine for you. I was thinking about you and wanting to deliver. Meanwhile, you're supporting your favorite podcast. You're supporting our great partners, and you're happy wife, happy life. Happy girlfriend, happy schmins. Like, I don't even know what that means, but I just tried to rhyme, and it didn't work. But just keep people happy. John Christum from the uh, Willamette Valley. It's probably just probably loves that. Domain Nico. uh, Pino from uh, Argentina. Oh, uh, no big deal. International. And uh, star treatment, appropriate for Haberman and Middlecoff, uh, from Sonoma. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, wine country. I don't even know what's in this thing. Some meat, what's maybe? That? I don't know. Some grapes? Oh, no. Thank it's you. something to keep oh. it cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just no big deal. Wineaccess.com slash ham, 20% off. I can't recommend it enough. Go get your order on. Oh, I mean, just, you could... Just, the joy I just had, I knew this box was coming. And imagine if you send it to somebody who doesn't know, and that's good stuff. All right. We no appreciate everybody. Thank you for this bottle is kind of badass right here. Look at this. That, that is, that is sweet. Yeah. I think I saw this bottle. I think Parag, John Lynch, uh, Kyle Shanahan, and Jet were popping this bottle at the, uh, <laughs> at the Yorgis, York Estate. All right. I thought Jed's uh, kitchen, you know, for a guy worth, you know, a lot of money could be a little bigger. But, you know, I'm not I'm not one to really compare my own situation. But, hey, you know, real estate's expensive, even for rich people around here. It's true. Maybe it was his other, you know, maybe. I know this. If, I, if I was kitchen? him, if I was Jed, I'd have the biggest fucking house in Northern California. Or at least one of them. And my kitchen would be the size of most people's homes. My kitchen would be huge. You talk about people love those islands in kitchens. I'd have about seven yeah. islands. I'd, I'd be like Hawaii. You want to come to my island? I got about six, all for food. 
out of a pool in one of my islands, which is actually just yeah. in my kitchen. Who's cooking? You or your wife? Uh, we got about seven cooks on staff. Yeah. Michael Mina. In our seventh house. Yeah. <laughs> Guy Fieri's coming over. to. He's gonna, he's, who's barbecuing today? Oh, Guy Haberman? No, Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> Big Clippers fan, Guy Fieri. Or uh, Suns fan. Sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of my guy, Chris Paul. I think, he's a, I think he's a Warriors guy, though. I wonder I'm, if he was just there for work or something. Probably just owns real estate there. Who has a restaurant there, maybe. All right, here we yeah. go. John, let's dive in. Uh, let's start by talking about Kyle Shanahan on Wednesday as he was in the midst of canceling. Uh, mandatory OTAs have been canceled for the 49ers. Uh, explained, he explained why. But he also talked about the 49ers uh, injury bug that hit him within two injuries within three plays on uh, Monday. Tarverius Moore backpedaling, planted forward Achilles pop, classic Achilles pop. Yep. And Justin School in a pass protection drill put his foot down, his knee buckled. It's part of life, he said. Uh, football, part of football, part of life. People get hurt. Um, so he was asked about it, and he said, look, last year he thought the problem for the Niners was that they didn't get enough team activity and he said it's a great way to get to the season healthy, even though they weren't totally healthy when they got to the season. Uh, but it's a, get, a great way to get to the season healthy. It's not a good way to uh, get through a season healthy. So it didn't sound like, tell me if you interpreted what Kyle Shanahan had said the same as I, didn't sound like he viewed the injuries that they suffered Monday as part of any continuing pattern from last year's uh, injury-riddled season. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a level. I, we're not doctors here, just a couple state school guys. That there has to be some randomness to it. I mean, it's it's always easy. And listen, it usually happens. The team doctors get replaced. You know, the two teams that have been the most polarizing with the injuries the last several years have been the Eagles and the Niners, and they both did something similar. They fucking fired everybody who was associated with health. And I, when I lived in Philly, like they, they have some Ivy League school. I mean, they have an Ivy League school right in their backyard. All the doctors come from like the Penn Hospital. Like that's the that same with the Niners. Where are their doctors? Oh, they're just at uh, the Chico Hospital. No, they come from Stanford. You ever met anyone who's been sick? Do you know what they do in California? They go to two places. They go to UCLA or they go to Stanford to get better. Some, some actually SAC. SAC's got a good hospital, UC Davis. But that's where they go. So the, the doctors... There's an element of this where football players get hurt. And like, like Tavares Moore, for example, the backpedal drill, people blow Achilles. Mo what, do, what happens for most Achilles pops, whether it's Kobe or all the guys that happen in the NBA to NFL players? The majority of them, there's no one around them. It's just, to me, I've always said Achilles sometimes mine gets a little sore. I'm like, oh, I do not want that thing to pop because I will gain about 30. Kind of like a tire, it feels like. It's right? not the, a contact knees, injury with consistency, right? Uh, uh, the knees, again, not a doctor, feel a little bit different than an Achilles. Like, it's kind of like a rope. And some of these guys, skill guys, for example, think of by the time Kobe tore his Achilles against the Warriors, think how much wear and tear he had on that boy, bad boy. Right? Same when Richard Sherman did his in Seattle, like years of pressing guys, moving back, moving forward. And then the NFL at corner or receiver, like the majority of your movements are using that thing. It's cutting, chain, you know, in scouting, we used to love this. I wrote it in every report. He, COD, change of direction. Well, what's change of direction mean? It's your Achilles moving, right? And your ankles. So to me, an ankle break, though, I think is pretty well established. That's a freaky deal. I don't know if the Achilles is a freaky deal because it just happens with guys on air on a movement that, 
like me, you, and most people listening don't do it very, if unless you play like pickup hoops. Even if you work out and jog, it's not to me the same as doing distinct, uh, explosive stop and start stuff, which corners make their living off, right? Yeah, I think if you took you, me, and eight people listening to this out to basketball court and we just played every day for, for I don't know, a couple of months, somebody's popping an Achilles. Like I've mentioned it before every time we talk about Achilles. I've, I remember hearing a few years ago a doctor say, for most people, it's a matter of when, not if, your Achilles goes. If you do enough stuff on it long enough, type of – now, he wasn't talking about elite-level athletes. He was just talking about us, Joe Schmoes. It's just going to happen to people. So, you know, I, I think the question is, and this is why I remember when you worked for the Eagles, you used to tell me you'd go out, you were a road scout your second year, your third, second year, but the first year you were there, you'd go to camp, and maybe even this time of year, you'd be back at the team facility, mini camp, you'd be around the team, and you used to say you'd go out to practice, and it was just scary. Like, something could happen that was, it could change the entire course of your season in one practice. And it wouldn't have been, you just, you were going to practice, something happened. And it's all you, you, you it, nothing you can do about it. Um, so that's the question with the Niners is, is there anything they can do about it? Or is this just part of the deal? And I think when I hear Kyle talk, what I come away with is, I hope he's right about last year for their sake, right? That last year's injuries were a result of the, the poor preparation for the season. There were a lot of injuries last year in the NFL, I think, in general. I right. just, you know, because we could look back in eight months and go, the Justin School injury, the Jeff Wilson injury, the Tavares Moore injury. You know what? With hindsight, it turned out freak deals was not an indication of things to come. But as we sit here on June 10th, we don't know the future. And we don't know if it's going to happen again to them or not. If it happens again to them like it did last year, I'm with you because it's so hard to find a reason. I tend to think that a lot of this stuff is not related, that one injury is not related to another. I always think I've heard this phrase when it comes to uh, diets, like a diet that works for you is different than a diet that works for me is different than a diet that works for our buddy Brian Hawkins, who's like jacked with like a 33-inch waist and eats Snickers bars nonstop. Every body, B-O-D-Y, every body is different. So the problem for the Niners is all these bodies, you know, are connected in that they're 49ers. Now, it doesn't mean injuries happen in other camps, too. I, all I know is I, it doesn't seem like there's some way to fix it between now and the season, or even if it needs to be fixed, quote unquote. I just know what it looks like when it goes bad. And that was the 2020 football season for them. And so Skinny that has you on edge. Skinny Jack guys turn uh, Snickers bars and sugars into muscle. Uh, fat guys, it goes right to their hips or their boobs or their just fat. Love, love handles. Fat sits. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how you can expand on this. Like, guys are going to get hurt. Like, there are going to be moments at training camp. I guarantee you it could be a day we're there where a guy goes down and the whole place goes silent. And honestly, you might get up and be fine. But there's going to be a moment, and this is the number one thing that I do not miss at all. And I, I still... Maybe once you're in it, you're just so numb to it. But the feeling at a practice when a star player goes down and you're a GM or a coach, there is nothing you can do. Not a fucking thing. Now, I, I would imagine after seeing so many times of this happening, right? And there are more jarring ones than others, right? With a quarterback, can you imagine what it was like 
obviously for his teammates, and, and I mean, it's worse for the guy, but the coach and the GM, Spielman and Zimmer, when Teddy's leg fell off in the training camp practice, and remember, he, they like, uh, where's the ambulance? And the ambulance it was, was really late. Bad, yeah. Just that moment. Like, it's just, how do you not practice the next day, let alone like just kind of think straight for the next 48 hours? It's just, but these moments happen in practice. That Say this, like John Lynch, maybe being numb to it's the wrong word, but you can't experience any more. Think how many injuries, like Howie, for example. He's been now Rose doing this for a decade. Yeah, I mean, just what he's experienced the last three years, but he's experienced it forever. I remember one time sitting in the office in like 2011, and it was like, ah, oh, we need to get a tackle. What happened? Jason Peters tore his Achilles at his house. We're like, uh, what? Like, that, that's the other thing. Like, there are going to be several guys, hopefully non-Niners. I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen to anybody, but we know for a fact there are going to be some random injuries over summer because what are guys going to be doing? out backpedaling with their coach, John or Guy or whoever, or lifting, right? You know, uh, so-and-so tore his pec, and you just pray to God it's a practice squatter and not your starting guard. But a pec is going to get torn. And then worst-case scenario, you just have, like, these unforeseen accidents. Remember one time, it's just like, TMZ, JPP has blown off his hand. Like it's just shit. I like, do remember that one time. <laughs> y- yeah, you have no control as a coach or GM. Zero. And, and it gets back to my point is like, I think every single team now, maybe like the 80s, some teams like pinch pennies, like, can we get a cheaper doctor? Like, because I've thought about doing like, is this dentist a little cheaper? But like, should I go to the best dentist? Every team right now, you made the point about the turf and maybe not all the turf is the best, like the elite of the elite. I would imagine most teams in their area feel they have as good of a doctor as they can get, right? And and I think we know for a fact, given the pro, given the geographical uh, standing of what's around them, they got good doctors with the Niners and, and like their advice. It doesn't get any better. Stanford, it's the fucking top two or three university in the world when it comes to medicine and their doctors and the hospital. Yeah, the challenge is most doctors do their work after the injury and. You know, you're trying to prevent injuries. And that's hard. One thing I heard Robert Ori say. You don't open up somebody's leg until they've been hurt. Well, I think Robert Ori, I heard him talk to Rosillo. He thought that whatever Anthony Davis is doing, he needs to get a new trainer. I do think most guys in the NFL now, because the world's so flat, they're all friends. I would imagine most, especially a guy that's been in the league like more than two years. I mean, the amount of energy and thought that a lot of these guys put into their body and training, I, I'm going to give a lot of them the benefit of the doubt. Not just Niners, all over the league. I, I don't think most guys are like, you know, just come into camp and get it together. <laughs> you know, like, those days are dead. These guys are pretty locked and loaded on all their shit. Yeah. Yeah, but again, what works for one body doesn't work for another body. It's not for lack of effort. I'm with you. But what your trainer does for you is not the same thing that your trainer would do for me. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't... It's really tough. Now, you get all the GPS data, but again, your body might be able to take... You know, if you were a pitcher, you might be able to throw 150 pitches, no problem, and I might break down after 90 pitches. Part of life. So that's that's the challenge. Um, and, and I think the thing that makes it really hard to take, anytime you have to accept that you have to just leave some of it up to chance, is, it's hard to accept. Yeah. And you shouldn't accept it. You should try and fit. You know, we, you know, you don't just go. Well, I'm gonna 
drill a hole in somebody's head and let them bleed and hope that, uh, you know, their headache goes away. You have to actually try. And we've made advancements. They'll continue to try and make advancements in injury prevention. But what we're doing right now, I think, from the outside is you're you're hoping that they are collecting all this data. And I'm sure they are trying to figure it out. You just hope that it's not actually a pattern that um, that they have to fix. Because I, I think injury prevention is probably one of the hardest things to identify. I agree. That said, he did also, Shanahan did acknowledge, yes, we didn't cancel practice after the two injuries, but the reason we did not practice on Tuesday was we had one more day. We were going to do eight days. After the two injuries, we decided to cut it off. And there's a chance he's fibbing a little bit and might have done at least a practice next week because guys were flying back. I, yeah, I, I do. Back. I know he said the goal was to get to eight, but I, I think there is a chance that this dramatically changed their plans. That he, that that as of Monday morning, he was still planning to do some mandatory camp next week. At least just the, uh, spend a couple days together, even if they weren't as on the field as much. It was an easy one. Yeah. Right. It, you could still let him go by Tuesday. Because right? Bosa came back. Bosa was back for this week. Yeah. And D Ford and said had he was planned to be back, back for two weeks. And same with D Ford. Was yeah. If you knew you were going to cancel after a week, would you have told Bosa just stay home? You know, the injuries have not overshadowed, but the injuries kind of took the headline at the end of a camp in which it was Trey Lance's debut. And so Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Mike McDaniel, who is um, wildly entertaining, like underrated, hilarious. Maybe not underrated. We just haven't really gotten to see him talk. Remember when Kyle Juszczyk was on the podcast and we threw up, we asked him about Mike McDaniel and he couldn't even quite articulate like what makes him so likable. If you watch the Niners offensive coordinators press conference on Wednesday, there's just a, he's going to say a bunch of stuff when he talks. Like if we were radio producers where you used to like put drops in all the time, there's a ton of drops for Mike McDaniel. Just funny shit. Mike McDaniel, what he said about Trey was, he was asked what Kyle's most excited about in terms of coaching Trey Lance. And he said, the thing we're all most excited about with Trey is just that he wants to be coached. Uh, his expectation for himself is very high. But the next 40 days are big for Trey Lance. I think one thing we saw last year is by the time the Miami game came around and Jimmy was c- kind of hobbled, but just playing like shit. Like, I mean, it was just, this is whatever. If we went back to that week, by far is the worst week of quarterback play. Like, he was worse. Whatever Carson did that week, like, no way Jimmy wasn't worse. Like, it was horrendous. And he got benched at halftime. But it wasn't a bench because, like, I think we can upgrade with Nick and CJ. It was just out of, like, this is not going to work. The difference this year is Jimmy's going to be the starter week one. Uh, that's clear. But how how long is his rope, right? Because last year his rope was just like, God, this is just so terrible. We just got to go to the back guy. They didn't. Like, they, they knew what they had in Nick. I do wonder this year if Trey can really prove to be good in camp, play well in the preseason games, does Jimmy get a quote-unquote like game buffer? Basically, like you get a game to play shitty, but you are not like getting a month, right? D- does the does the hook come from the skipper pretty quick, Th- and not from a desperation standpoint? But like, could Trey be better? Because that's the situation they're sitting in now, right? Could Trey be better? And no one will know until he plays, and we might not see him if Jimmy's doing well. But if Jimmy struggles. And those first two games, that opening kind of landing spot, you struggle against the shitty teams. The the, 
I was going to say the Boo Birds, but really the, the the hype around Trey Lance will grow exponentially. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Right? I think Jimmy needs to just calm everyone down to really, you know, feel like his spot is safe, play well against the two bad, t- the Lions and the Eagles. It's the Eagles, right? Week two? Yeah. Uh, yes. But you play bad against, like, you play poorly against the Lions. People will want to see Trey Lance by the next game. And that's right. fair. Right. He cannot have but, an Arizona game like he did against the Lions and then just squirt by and not have the thought like, God, if Trey had been playing. Like, if in training camp, you're like, oh, my God. Because that's where it's going to look. When the pads are on and him running around, it's going to look a lot different than even when we were sitting there. And as Biederman's like, what's your scouts, I say? Well, I mean, the guy's over 6'3". He's got a hose. He can run. Like, yeah, I mean, this guy fucking looks sweet. But it's a, it is a different animal. Like, when he's run, is he throwing, like, BBs and dimes? The, 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 I almost said spring training. But the training camp or the uh, preseason games, I guess these are called, uh, feels like I haven't seen a preseason game in a long time. It's going to be a lot of hype going into a preseason game, and then you'll be like three minutes in, and you'll be like, oh, this is not Oh, wait, this is a preseason game. <laughs> But when he's in the game, it won't feel like that, right? When Trey's in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends. You hope not. That's what you hope, is that it doesn't look yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. won't feel like it in terms of expectation, but you hope it doesn't look I'm like I'm saying that, it won't feel... You, you'll just be invested into watching him play. You know, I think it goes back to what we talked about around the draft. One of the things that I'd heard, you'd heard it. It's not a secret, I don't think, but I'd heard it specifically from someone... Uh, with the team was just that the stuff that you hear about Trey Lance's mind and why the Niners liked him so much, um, not from a physical standpoint, which they obviously liked him, but how much they liked the guy, like that stuff was real. And I think that's part of what this 40 days. That's, is, what, that's what Welker told you? That's that, uh, that's what D'Amico told me. No. Uh, but it's it's that 40 days is you, what you're banking on is that, right? We gave him. Here's your installa- Here's your offense. We installed the offense. Seven days of practice. Hope you did. You get it? Did it stick? Right now, the next forty days, you take everything we taught and you're trying to, you know, learn your language now on your own. You're not in the immersion program anymore. Hopefully, you can. Hopefully, it's stuck. So that's. I don't think they have much question about the worker that he is. That's what Mike McDaniel was talking about. The pre-draft evaluation told them he's got the brain. Um, so now we're going to find out in the next 40 days, like, can he marry all that stuff together and try to put himself in position for a competition? But to your point, you know, the other day when we did what the most devastating injuries would be to the 49ers, we talked about how potentially if Trey Lance is ready to play an injury to Garoppolo would not be as devastating as most quarterback injuries would be to a team would not be as devastating as his injury was to them last year, but that's up to Trey Lance. You know, like Nick Bosa, if an injury happens to Nick Bosa, it's just devastating. Kittle, devastating. Trent Williams, devastating. Fred Warner, devastating. There is no Trey Lance at defensive end. There was no Trey Lance at left tackle. There's no Trey Lance at middle linebacker waiting on the roster. Right? Yeah. But when we say that, we're talking about what we think Trey Lance could be, what we think Trey Lance is going to be based on the potential that he has. Now it's up to him. To, to make it so that if something happens to Jimmy or if Jimmy's not ready, it can it, he can soften the blow. And he doesn't have to be as good as Garoppolo. That's what we talk about, like, uh, you know, um, 
a training wheel offense. He doesn't have to be as good as Jimmy. He just has to be ready to do what, whatever it is he's capable of doing um, if that situation arises. And then we can also talk about, you know, if there's a competition beating him out. But I think you nailed it. It's not about right now getting in a competition with Garoppolo and beating him out. It's about Agreed. being ready in case he's needed. Right? If he beat out Jimmy, great. But that's not him being needed. If Garoppolo got hurt or struggles, now it's about him being needed. And those are facts. You know, that's a dramatic thing. If you're posting a job, you're the hiring expert for a company. What you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner that helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Yep. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview, baby. All in one. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates, and meet must-have qualifications. That's the key, guy. Find people you want for your job, you get the resumes, you get the candidates, and it directs you right to the people you're looking for. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, they're giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately. How does that get any better? Okay. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. Four times. Indeed.com slash ham, baby. Indeed.com slash ham. Oh, by the way, 73% of all online job seekers in the U.S. You visit Indeed each month according to Comscore total visits. Indeed.com slash ham. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh, not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff. Curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. 
planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year, and saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas.com and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tacovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. You and I both love college football. The college football uh, playoff could expand. I think my, from what I've read, 2023 would be the earliest. So we'd still have a 2021 CFP, four teams, a 2022 CFP, four teams. Um, But there's a lot of discussion about a 12 and you read this morning right that the recommendation is going to be 12. Now, the reason there's a recommendation is there's three sets of people involved here. You have what they call the uh, college football working group. The working group is I think it's four people doing a bunch of research, talking to a bunch of people around the sport. Their job is to make a recommendation to uh the uh commissioners of the conferences, plus Jack Swarbrick, who's the AD at Notre Dame. They act independently. So those people, I think it's 12 of them, the 11 commissioners plus Notre Dame, are going to meet next week, and they're going to consider this recommendation of a playoff expansion to 12. And then they, John, they're going to turn around, and they're going to make another recommendation to another group of people in two weeks, which is 11 or 12 presidents and chancellors representing all the conferences. And so then they're going to decide, should we expand the college football playoff to 12? But it does feel like there's a little momentum here for this. feels inevitable, uh, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I think the four teams, it's over, right? Within a couple of years, whenever this date, 2023, like, we're going to get 12 teams. Now, to me, the fascinating part is that first weekend, or is it, you know, six, six games? Is it a couple buys? I think you could set it up a you know, several different ways. I don't think it would be crazy to go basically seed one through 12. I mean, that's because I think what the NFL would tell you is the more get the games are where you get money. That's where the bye weeks, there's a balance of giving a team like Alabama the last several years would always get the bye weeks, but like having them play the 12th seed is going to get you probably the highest views, right? Them or Ohio state or whatever. I, I wonder if they even do buys, if they just did one, like there are six games that weekend, right? Three and three, kind of like NFL wildcard weekend now does the three. And they, what did they do? They took away a buy. When you do add a team, I, I think the first reaction is, you know, you just, you do the buys, you set the four. I don't know if that's the case though, because they, they're going to, they make their money from the games. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you could go, you could obviously go two ways. I think the benefit, let's say you're Alabama and you expect to be a one seed. On one hand, you don't want to play because a bye is really valuable. So you would play one, two, three, four. Those top four seeds each have a bye. And then, right, your remaining teams play one but, another. But, but there but is somewhat you, of a bye built in because you get several weeks until playoffs start. True, but playing this many games in a row is just a pretty unique challenge in a college football playoff, right? You could argue on one hand for Alabama, let's say, it just adds variables and reduces the likelihood that you win the national championship. The benefit would be if you play these first few rounds on home sites. So when you get a bye, what you actually get is one less home date. And the home date's pretty valuable to an institution. So yeah. I think the expectation, right, is that you would get the first round or two rounds on site. So if it's Ohio State, if it's Oregon, they're hosting at their stadium. But if you get a bye, you lose a home date. So I do think there is a case to be made to um, not give anybody a bye. Because it does add more games and it and adds more more teams, I I think a lot of people have been talking about eight games, myself included, for a while. Excuse me, eight team playoff, and I think one of the reasons that twelve has kind of come out as a leader over eight is because if you're the SEC specifically, going to eight doesn't really help you a ton. In the CFP era, there's only been one year that the SEC had three teams ranked in the top eight. So most years in an eight-team playoff, the SEC would have the same number of teams in an eight-team playoff as they have in a four-team playoff. So they don't have a lot of incentive to expand to eight because they're thinking, we're going to get two teams in and four, that's better. It's smaller pie, we get more money. We get 50% of the pot, basically, of the pot that yeah. gets split. So I think going to 12 makes it a little more palatable to get somebody who doesn't really have any incentive to change to eight to change to 12. So you're looking at five auto bids for conference champions and then a sixth automatic bid for the highest ranked group of five team. It's like the last few years would be Cincinnati, a few years before that, UCF. And then the rest of them at largest, the other six at largest. You would have to do some sort of buy because with 12 teams would go to six and then there, you couldn't just have three teams, right? So, yeah, you're saying you could do a, one, a single team buy? Yeah, like the the number one overall seed gets the buy type deal. Uh, but, like, this will be fucking huge. I mean, this will be massive. And the reality is, as a Power 5 conference, more than likely the SEC or the Big Ten is going to benefit with the extra teams, and those extra teams will typically be a Florida, a Georgia, a Penn State, a Wisconsin, Right. If the Pac-12 is doing well in Oregon and the USC, right? Hopefully Herm gets that going, maybe Arizona State. You know, if Sark gets Texas rolling, maybe Texas, Oklahoma, right? I mean, it's pretty, I think we have a pretty good idea, give or take, like the the 20 teams. Now, the, the, the curveball would just always be the non-Power 5 guy. Is that Cincinnati? Is that Boise? Is that UCF? But that's really just, you know, probably, what would you say, five to six programs fighting for one spot and then the other power fives we, we we have a pretty good idea of the i would say 20 to 25 teams fighting for the 11 spots right yeah uh, but and you know you could all that's the beauty though like you said you could yeah, always and every get year few, maybe like iowa Washington state, gets State in had or, a year where they were in the mix yeah right? i mean and th to me that's are, the key it's not just who's in but it's instead of talking about four or five, what do we usually end up talking? By October, you're talking about like 
11 teams that have a chance to go to the college football playoff. Maybe. Yeah, right? and by late October, we're really focused on like six, right? Yeah, I mean, I think back to a couple years ago when I think it was Oregon and Washington State, and they were ranked like in the 12s. And I was like, could any of them get to the top four? Even though you know they probably can't, you just, they're in the comp. Now you're talking about 20, you, we're probably talking about 21, 22 teams at the end of October. Yeah. So that's that's a major value. Now, if you're playing in the first round of a 12-team playoff and you make it to the championship game, which is going to be hard to do if you got four teams with a bye, you're talking about 17 games. So you're talking about the same number of games, potentially, for a couple of teams. At most, you'd have two teams if both teams make a run that play 17 games. You're talking about the number of games that NFL players fought to prevent like the NFL just did a battle to get to 17 games. So, so I think that, inc- that includes playoffs though. The different, you know, the NFL good teams play and preseason, they, they end up playing, tw- I guess the guys don't play in the preseason, but they play 20 games, then two or three more. Yeah. I mean, mo- like, like in the NFL, most teams don't play 20 games in college football. Most teams at most, you'd have two teams play 17. I do think, though, in my life of talking about this for, you know, going back to when I was doing radio in college, like this has always been a topic. One of the main points of resistance is player safety. Can you subject college football players to 16, 17 to to truly like a full season? And this is where I think name, image, likeness and the ability for athletes to make money in college comes into play. It actually alleviates some of the criticism here that you're subjecting amateurs to an unnecessarily long season. Cause now you could say, well, it's long, but they are now able to benefit financially and the stage that this puts them on, it helps the sport and in turn, it helps them. And there will be more money in this little economy we got going here. That's not so little. And yes, there will be a physical trade off to the number of games they got to play, but there's also going to be a benefit, not just for us as the sport, as the institutions, but, but for the players, like, I think that's part of this argument that, that could be made. So, uh, I'm it's a you. massive, it's a massive moneymaker. Yeah. That to me is, I mean, it's a massive moneymaker. It makes it's, it, it to me, ultimately they're expanding it like first and foremost, the money. Well, what other reason would they expand it for? Cause just, well, I'm just mean like fun. Yeah, I mean, other it, it is. I yeah, mean, I mean, part it of, is. Like to be a big money maker, people have to be interested, right? You never be like, well, no one gives a fuck, and it's a big money maker. That's not the way the world works. Like it, it is cool. Like if if I'm at Washington State or I'm, you know, like the one thing about the Power Fives is someone who didn't go to the Power Fives, it would be a big deal. Like Wisconsin ain't making the playoffs without this happening. They make the playoffs. That's a big fucking deal for that university. Or or if somehow Harbaugh or Penn State or Miami or like some of the Texas. Like it's a it's a really big deal for just interest, right? And the more people that are interested, the more money you can ultimately make. You just want more people at your dance. It's the greatest part about it's always been this way, but like as college basketball relevancy has diminished and dwindled during the season, their tournament still is sweet because all of a sudden I haven't really been paying attention. If I'm a you know, my Wisconsin basketball fan, I'm locked in if my team's like a four seed, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, it's more inclusive, They're, and I think even if more unlikely for a huge set of upsets, right? Like a loyal, like the uh, UCF probably ain't winning multiple games against like A and M and then beating Wisconsin. More unlikely, yeah. but who knows? That's but, a great. It, we never know till you play. The the it's more inclusive, but it also 
um, it helps even if you're not a college, if you're not an Alabama fan, a Clemson fan, an Oregon fan, whatever. The fact is, the last three national championships have been three of the lowest rated, three of the four lowest rated CFP titles. Now, last year you could say outlier, throw it out, but like a couple of years ago at Levi Stadium, Alabama Clemson was one of the lowest rated national title games in recent history. Well, there's a little like fatigue. The time, it felt the like the tenth time they played, and it was the yeah. Game, that's what I'm saying. Right? There's just some there's some Alabama Clemson national title game fatigue. It's lost a little intrigue. It's They're still going to be that, no, those two guys are going to be the heavy favorites going into the yeah. Sweet Sixteen or Twelve or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, it'll be shocking if neither one is like a top top four seed, right? Well, I mean, especially when you just look at the landscape. Easier of for Clemson. Clemson. It's just. Yeah, they're, the they're resistance. Conference. I don't know what one thing you got to figure out is what exactly you do with Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame doesn't want to. It's not beneficial for Notre Dame or Clemson for Notre Dame to join the ACC. Right. Like Clemson, they've got a clear path every year to the automatic bid right now. And if you're Notre Dame, you're like, look, we can be a top 12 at large team. That's not a problem for us. We're doing that every year. But if you're Notre Dame, you are going like, all right, everyone's getting an automatic and guaranteed seat at this table, but not us. But, you know, what I would say to them is that's you've gone your own way. It's been wildly successful for you. That's just part of the deal here. Um, They do schedule difficultly most years. Notre Dame they are built in games with some really good teams like USC and Stanford. Uh, They played the home and home with Georgia. So I don't think they'll have a problem, but that is just kind of one. I I think what's been interesting here is this idea of 12 feels like it's come out of nowhere as like the front runner. And there really is not a reason not to do it. The fact that they're not only going to go forget about eight to 12 potentially and do it before the television contract is up uh, gives you an idea, even though we don't know exactly the numbers, gives you an idea of how massively beneficial it would be for everybody financially. Can't wait. So, all right. A few other things to hit real quick here. Did you, did you freeze? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Uh, a, cu- a couple other things I wanted to mention, John. Uh, one, um, actually you mentioned this one to me. Mac Jones's nickname is Mac and cheese. That's less than absolutely love it. Oh. Cam Newton gave him that nickname. That's an incredible nickname. God. Incredible. That's I, I I used to love mac and cheese as a kid. Put a lot of ketchup in it. Haven't eaten in a long time. Actually, I went to Ruth Chris probably a couple months ago. It was pretty good. They were mac and cheese, lobster mac and cheese. Um, Thing number two for me, uh, I tweeted this the other day and got some um, got some blow not blowback, just some reaction because I said Chris Paul everywhere he goes, he goes to like the shittiest organizations and they win. Yeah. New Orleans was a mess. He goes to Donald Sterling's Clippers, they win. No one wants to go to. Uh, uh, Where'd he end up for a year? New Orleans, Clippers. Yeah, Thunder. They were supposed to no, be No, he, he, he went to Houston first. They were good. He was good. Right, right, right. They, they were good. He was good. New Orleans the first time. Clipper, New Orleans, bad organization. Clip, they didn't have an owner. Clippers, bad organization. All of a sudden, they're good. Thunder, solid organization, but a lot of turnover. They were still solid. Houston, same deal. Solid. Suns, historically, not a great organization. Bam. Uh, the man's a winner. And some, I got a, a few replies from people that just said, like, well, what does he want? And my reaction is just he has not won a championship. That much is clear. In fact, he most years doesn't win a first-round series. But he takes franchises that have won nothing and helps them win something. Not win a title, but just win more than they have. He, I know he's annoying for a lot of people, part of why I like him. But I can't complain about a guy who plays his ass off all the time. 
I just he seems to get the most out of whatever team he's on. So I good for Chris Paul. That's my. I favorite. don't think they're going to win it. I felt pretty confident. I turned the game off probably they're gonna win the West. quarter last night. I think, I think they're going to win the West. Yeah. I think they're they're going to win the West, which is, yeah. I mean, he did beat LeBron. I mean, you could say Anthony Davis got hurt, but like they beat him, right? I mean, they they they, they had to fucking beat the Lakers. My last take so, for yeah. you. Let's hear it. My last on our BS segment here. I I've uh, I'm I'm not a chick, let alone a hot chick, and I certainly don't post bikini pictures on Instagram. Hot Girl Summer. I would imagine Hot Girl Summer, when a hot girl posts a bikini photo, the D, what happens in the DMs is, un, is just, I can't, probably, I cannot imagine what the DMs look like. Yeah. So my question is, this theory for you, is what is the male equivalent to the DMs of posting a bikini photo? And I would suggest that the male equivalent is, if you go golfing and you just do one of these, Instagram, you just do a quick like of the golf course while you're walking down the course. <laughs> And it's just, where you at? That looks like Calippe. What? Where is that? Oh, beautiful day. Oh, looks good. Hit him straight. Break ninety today. It's. I love it. It's great. But the. But I'd say those don't. Those aren't apples to apples because when you post a bikini pic, the DMs are going to be the opposite sex. Yeah. So what if I'm going to post a DM, or excuse me, a post as a single dude? To get the most reaction from the opposite sex, I was gonna say private jet, private or something, oh, yeah. just or, or like in Tulum, in Hawaii, have the cabana, have the main suite, have the penthouse in Vegas to myself. That gets like, whoa, this guy's balling. So whoa, maybe this, what's 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 his W two? So maybe the right? golf equivalent for women is like, you guys been asking about my skincare routine, and then you get a bunch of women in the DMs asking about their skincare routine. I, I think the, I think the golf equivalent is something like that. Can I oh, like show you a my pair skincare of routine? Sweet pair of shoes. Like a women's, uh, like a pair of heels. Like I think the skincare routine is something that all women kind of gravitate toward. Uh, that'd be golf. Like, where are you playing? What's the, what are you shooting? How's it going? What's the weather like out there? What's the be- How many beers are you in? Played out there last month. Love it. Yeah. God, that fourth hole, motherfucker. It's just nothing. You know? Like the DMs you get when you post one of those things, it's just the nicest. The, it's just it's the, it's the easiest stuff. That was my, that was my theory. Incredible uh, comment here on the YouTube. Don't listen to these commies complaining about commercials. So many podcasts have like 10 ads every 20 minutes. I just put that up one I put that up real quick. Yeah. I sometimes I like snapping on a good comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, uh mailbag coming back on Thursday or Friday. This was Thursday. Mailbag coming back for the weekend is what I should say. So a stream that means a stream on Friday and that podcast will come out on Saturday. Anything else? Yeah, happy Friday. <laughs> Early Friday. Early Friday. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody.